Coming up on Brewers Mashup, the start of a podcasting adventure. There's gold in them there hills and cash in them there beers. Calgary Beer Fest is over, but the drinking continues. Soda Stream has contained the genie and brought us craft beer on a countertop. <laughs> Dave the Beer Guy threatens your life. We spend some time meditating over a troubled monk's mash. Listeners brew bag and more on this episode of Brewers Mashup. This is Brewers Mashup, the show that dives into craft beer culture and all things brewing. It doesn't matter if the glass is half empty or half full, there's room for more beer. All right, welcome to the very, very first episode of Brewers Mashup. It is uh, June 16th, 2016. I'm your host, Sean Rice. With me is Jeremy Ash. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Sean. All right. Well, we're going to start off this first episode by uh, asking our listeners a few questions. Do you love craft beer? Do you savor the flavor of a hopped up IPA? Hell yeah. Do you brew your own all grain batches on a homemade rim system? Uh, no. (laughs) Do you dream about someday opening your own brewery? I have a dream. The main focus of this show is the exploding craft beer industry in Alberta. There are lots of great blogs, news sites out there, such as The Daily Beer and On Beer, but you can't read a blog while you're cleaning out your mash tun. So here's something you can listen to. We're going to talk to everybody in the industry. I mean, let's face it. If you if you ferment anything at all in a jar, like a bag of sugar, um, I'm going to come over to your house and drink it. We want to <laughs> tell the stories of success and the challenges and, and what it takes to be successful operating in the brewing industry and, well, brewing anything that you might be brewing at home. And I recently joined the uh, Calgary Yeast Wranglers, and I've gone to a total of one meeting so far, but that's only because I've been busy with this podcast. Um, but we want to go to the homebrew clubs and uh, like the, what is it, the Word Hogs of Lethbridge and the Edmonton Home Brewers Guild, and uh, talk about them, the news from there. Our personal homebrew adventures, what challenges we face. As we, you know, learn to brew. We're going to learn to brew. It all started with the extract, and now we're up to all grain, so one thing at a time. And lastly, we want to be a resource for, uh, well, the news in Alberta craft beer. So with that, I guess we'll kick into the hot break. What? What? Is it hot? Hot stuff coming through. All right, and welcome to the Hop Break. This is where we're going to talk about things with a deadline, upcoming events in the Alberta beer scene. First up, we have the Alberta Beverage Awards from Culin- Culinary? Culinaire. Translation is culinary, yes, but it's culinaire. So for all you home brewers out there and you want to get your uh, beer in to be judged, it's uh, 50 bucks per entry. And if you get it in there by July 7th, and your sample's in by July 13th, maybe you can be the, the big wiener on that one. Do you know what you win? Uh, fame and fortune. Nice, nice. That's just that's, notoriety, that's free case of beer. It is the beverage award. <laughs> A free growler, perhaps. <laughs> what do we got coming up next? Jeremy? There is a charity run sponsored by Troubled Monk, Saturday, June the 18th at 10 a.m. Uh, for the Watershed Alliance, $40 per entry. Do 10K or do 5K. They'll probably let you away with doing even 1K. 
uh, preserves the water they use for their beer. <laughs> the charity is actually uh, for the, the Watershed Society, I think it is. And it's it's the water that they actually use in their beer, and they're just trying to raise money for that group. And you got to work on your notes. <laughs> so anyone who has a time machine can go back to Saturday and go do that. That's that right. Run. It's June the 18th, and this is the 16th. Yeah, there's no way this is going to get up on iTunes by that time. <laughs> Maybe, though. Maybe. 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 Oh, and then we got the home brew clubs. And uh, I was trying to find something for the Warthogs and the Edmonton home brewers. I haven't found anything on their Facebook pages or website yet. But if anyone from there is listening and wants to tell us about events that are coming up, please, please do so. At the end of the show there, we'll give all the contact information. Uh, but the Cowtown Yeast Wranglers are having a contest uh, with uh, Red Shed Malting. Cowtown Yeast Wranglers, they're out of Calgary, yeah? And uh, 25 lucky contestants will get a bag of, uh, well, a portion of uh, uh, barley from Red Shed and uh, to make different beer styles with it and submit it to the the contest. You have to have that in by August 12th, and you submit that over at the the vineyard. And Uh, this is a, like, like beer judging contest. It's uh, you brew some beer and the winner gets this for, 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 for the best beer. I th- the only thing is you got to use Red Shed's malt. Oh, okay. That's sort of the idea, and then do your own style based on that. And the judges are going to be Red Shed representatives, and then fan favorites. So I guess if I go down to that meeting, I will be able to taste and uh, submit my... Cast your ballot. Cast my ballot, yes. <laughs> and having said that, we'll move into our next segment. We're going to tap the keg. All right, we're ready? Okay, so... One, two, three. Come on down here and let me tap that. Welcome to Tap the Keg. Now, the idea of this segment is that we're going to use this to train our amateur palates. We're going to work our way through the BJCP style guide, trying notable Alberta brews or just classic examples from around the world. So what we want to do is invite people to join us at each episode, and we're going to tell you what to buy and when to get it, and you can do the tasting with us. And uh, this week, we're going to do... Jeremy? Ah, we are doing Troubled Monk's Open Road American Brown Ale. All right, let's crack this open. All over my computer. (laughs) Ah... To let you know, Troubled Monk's Open Road American Brown Ale was the winner of a silver medal at the 2016 World Beer Cup. According to uh, Jason Foster with On Beer, there were 81 entries in that style. Uh, The BJCP beer style is 19C American Brown Ale. Uh, 19C American Brown Ale. So we both have a glass poured up here. We'll have a... Sniff of that. Overall impression, a malty but hoppy beer, frequently with chocolate and caramel flavors. The hop flavor and aroma complements and enhances the malt rather than clashing with it. So you're going to have a try that one, Jeremy. You like the darker, chocolatier type of brews. I'm getting malt and nut. <laughs> that's, that's what I get out of this in my untrained palate. Remember that being the word. Uh, the history, an American style from the modern craft beer era. I wonder when the craft beer era started. We'll have to look that one up. 
in the 90s? <laughs> Derived from English brown ales, but with more hops. Pete's Wicked Ale was one of the first and best known examples and inspired many imitations. Popular with home brewers, where very hoppy versions were sometimes called Texas brown ales. Now, more appropriately, a brown IPA. Well, let's have a taste of this. Silver award winning. This is the World Beer Cup. This is not the Brewers Mashup Cup. <laughs> this, is, this is not Calgary, Alberta, Canada. This is the world. Second best American brown ale in the world. So if, if you don't like it, you're just wrong. <laughs> you're incorrect, sir. Well, this particular beer, we uh, originally thought we'd be doing this podcast before we went to Portland, which we'll get into later. And so we took two of these beers, we put them in the truck, and um, well, we drove all the way, did the whole Pacific Northwest tour, crossed the American border with two of these <laughs> in the truck, never managed to do the podcast. We had full intentions of recording on the road, but... Uh, it's a bit just... more complicated <laughs> So we finally drove all the way back to Calgary. Still had these. <laughs> Crossing the border again. <laughs> when asked to declare our beers, we kind of scratched our heads saying, do we declare what we bought or do we declare what we brought? <laughs> I, just, do we explain to the border crossing guy that <laughs> we took these beers on tour? <laughs> and now they're just coming back home. Um, so then we finally get home. And I'm out uh, planting a garden with my wife. And uh, yeah, she goes in to uh, grab a couple beers for us to sip on in a hot summer's day. And, uh, and, and she walks out with this can. And before I can say anything, crack. <laughs> so the one beer that has been back and forth to Portland. And even when she opened it, I said, you're, you're not going to like that. <laughs> it's like a dark brown ale. Not exactly the perfect thing for shoveling in the hot sun. I on the other hand, would have quite enjoyed shoveling and drinking this in the hot sun. Well, at the time, I think I was drinking a cider. I said, would you like this instead? And I ended up drinking it. <laughs> this uh, troubled monk was uh, recently at a cask war between uh, them and uh, Blind Man at uh, Slantro and Chive in Lacombe. So cask number one was a uh, troubled monk with their, their pesky pig mixed with passion fruit and mango. And then Blind Man was at the, the other keg, was their session ale mixed with blood orange and dry hopped with Amarillo hops. And Trouble Monk won by a narrow two votes. So I thought the beer we'd try next week would do a, a Blind Man. And they recently won some awards for their Kettle Sour. Now, I don't think that one's available, the number one, but I have the number two. And it's sitting in the fridge right now. So we will uh, go for that. So... Anyone who wants to join us at the next episode, go and pick yourself up a couple cans of Blind Man Kettle Sour Number 2. Um, I got mine at Oak and Vine, and uh, you can go see Keegan over there, and uh, yeah, tell him we sent you, and you'll get uh, 5% off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not holding true to any of that statement. <laughs> not, not for any reason, just, <laughs> he's a nice guy, he'll probably do it. <laughs> no harm in asking. No harm in asking. Anyway, now for our next segment, we're going to rack off. Rack off, will ya? I've been racking my sack about that. Some patients call it the rack. Welcome to Rack Off, the segment where we talk about the news stories we have scoured and searched the internet for. You can't end a sentence with a preposition. 
<laughs> this is the news that affects you? What? What is this section? <laughs> this is the news that can affect you, or not. It all depends on you. We bring you national, international, and local stories. All right. So, national news. The Ontario and federal governments announced more than $1.6 million in investment money into the craft beer industry in Ontario. In Ontario. In Ontario. Now, this is the federal government? This is a federal and provincial program, and it's called Growing Forward 2. Um, this program, though, is also available in Alberta. Going through the uh, through the website at Growing Forward Two, they have uh, several different categories of, uh, of, of of programs that you can apply for or apply through. Can I get some of that money? I got my brewing bag system back here. <laughs> you know, you just might. Really? <laughs> some of the grants that have been given, for example, uh, Perth Brewing Company uh, Limited in Ontario, of course. Um, they ranged from $2,431 to be spent on specialist beer training for some staff, whatever that means, uh, to well over $100,000 to several other Ontario breweries for things like canning machines and market research. So, I mean, it's, it, it seems like there's, uh, there's some money that the government has to give you, and if there's anything Alberta needs right now or can use is money from the government. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Brewing Awards. We've had two recent Brewing Awards. The, the Canadian Brewing Awards, the CBAs in Vancouver on May 26th and 28th. And I just want to say thank you to uh, Jason Foster from On Beer for summarizing this big, long sheet of uh, the winners because I didn't have time to look through it all. Blind Man, who we just mentioned, got a silver for their River Session Ale and... The Kettle Sour Number 1. Now, we're going to be doing Kettle Sour Number 2 next week. I believe that one's uh, dry hopped with Galaxy. Uh, Wild Rose got two bronze for their Velvet Fog and Cowbell. Grizzly Paw got gold for the Powder Hound Blonde Ale. Ribstone Creek got silver again this year for its Old Man Winter Porter. Big Rock got silver for its Hollow Tree Red Ale. And Brewster's won a bronze for the Blue Monk Barley Wine. So uh, once again, go out and try all those. And uh, we'll move on to the Canadian International Beer Awards, which is, I think they just changed the name of that. It used to be called the Calgary Beer Fest Awards, but I guess they've decided to stake the claim. I was judged at the Calgary Beer Fest, though, yeah? <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, I see. I believe uh, Dave actually was in the back there. Judging some of that beer. Dave. Gingrich from uh, uh, Willow Park. Willow Park Wines. Who we'll be interviewing later. Um, there, There's, well, just a ton of them. And uh, we'll put it in the show notes as to who won what. But the, the best of Alberta, Big Rock got uh, gold for their bourbon barrel aged porter. And uh, silver went to Trouble Monk's Open Road, which we're drinking right now. And enjoying thoroughly. So they got two silvers, I guess. Hey, that's a coincidence, eh? <laughs> well, I guess they know what they're talking about at the uh, at the Calgary Beer Fest. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's that's quality judging going on there. And I remember when we were there that day, it was announced the that they won the silver that day. Mm -hmm. So they were judged. <laughs> that's kind of strange. They got silver, and bronze went to Bench Creek White Raven IPA. 
I gotta try that one. Big fan of the IPAs. Big, big fans. So, uh, Jeremy, what do we got up next? Beer Judging Certificate Program, or Beer Judge Certificate Program, the BJCP. They are expanding. Uh, The BJCP announced on their website that the first BJCP-registered competition was held in Shanghai, China on May 28, 2016. The first of two BJCP beer judging exams will be held in Beijing in September and then followed followed by another one in Shanghai. Uh, in May of next year, uh, the BJCP, uh, interesting, is working. Interestingly, is working uh, with the home brewing and craft brewing communities in China to assist in the registration of competitions. That's going to be a lot of home brew going on there. There's like a lot of people in China. So people are going to stop drinking. What is it? Snow. Tsingtao, isn't it? That's the two. Yeah. <laughs> Snow apparently is the largest beer in the world that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Over here. (laughs) It all tastes like Bud Light. (laughs) Moving on to our next segment, we have the local news. We've got the Hop Girls sold out of their rhizomes for 2016. Northern Girls Hops, Catherine and Karen. Um, These are trailblazers. They're the ones growing hops here in in, in Alberta. They're going to take out Yakima Valley. Like, screw those Americans. (laughs) One farm, look out. <laughs> but she's, they're sold out. This is, uh, this is a good uh, good story. It's, uh, it's, it's the rhizome, so that's, you know, the, uh, the roots and stuff. So if you wanted to get some for this year via uh, the Northern Girls Hops, uh, sorry, they're, they're done for this year in regards to getting your own. Uh, not sure about what, uh, what their stock is for their hops or, you know, if there's still, uh, still time to put your order in to get your hops this year from them. So they don't sell actual hops for me to use brewing then? It's well, just... it, it, these rhizomes are just the, um, just like the bits that they have left over, right? Mm. So if you wanted to plant your own, then you can purchase rhizomes or these roots from them, and then you can start growing your own hops in your backyard. I am growing my own hops in my own backyard. And how's that going? Well, I got back from the trip there at Portland, and uh, Melissa was over at the uh, sunny side buying things and she comes home all excited with these four hop plants look what i bought for you so then all of a sudden i had the responsibility of uh well (laughs) making a garden to plant these in so it took me about three days by the time i read about them and planned it out dug a hole they got to be three feet apart from each other five feet if they're different species and i dug about what two feet down and they're in the ground there now, and I got a, a trellis going up about eight feet up in the air, and, uh, and the string's going down there. Can we get a picture of that on the website? I'm going to put a picture on the website. That's cool. I don't think they've grown at all, though, truthfully. <laughs> Your wife keeps pulling them up the string, doesn't she? She does. Pretends that they're growing. I get all excited. I think they're growing. <laughs> she goes, yeah, I pulled those up. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> I, I looked out your window today, and it's like, hey, hey, they're growing. That's, that's, that, that's incredible, and... If I get a single hop off of that, it'd be amazing. <laughs> we'll be using pellets all winter, I feel. So to the girls at uh, Northern Girls Hops, we just want to say congratulations for selling out. Uh, you guys being the only commercial hop producers here in Alberta that I know of. Mm. Battle of the Casks. June 15th at the National on 10th. 17 different brewers in Alberta. This happened last night. Mm-hmm. 
And the proceeds go to the Alberta Animal Rescue Crew Society. So who won? Who won? This is old news now, but who won? The Dandy Brewing Company won. Does it surprise you at all? (laughs) I think I saw a picture of Ben accepting the award on Twitter this morning. He always looks good in film. Who uh, got second place? Second place was uh, Brewster's. With uh, with a hammerhead red ale with coconut and Jamaican blue mountain coffee. Now something should be said. Um, we read uh, we read this story originally on the Daily Beer. Uh, in regards to rules that the uh, that the breweries were uh, loosely given, uh, was loose guidelines of what to create were uh, something light, crushable, and summer inspired. Uh, but uh, it being a cask competition, uh, anything really goes. So uh, first place, of course, as we said, uh, was Dandy Brewing. They did a uh, Dandy Sour with Cherry and Citra, uh, which came in at a courageous 8%, which, uh, you know, for a summer beer is... uh, That is not crushable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You might crush one, maybe two. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Courageous. Uh, Brewsters, of course, as mentioned, uh, got second place with a Hammerhead Red Ale. Coconut flavored beer. Yeah, yeah. Normally that would be considered uh, not a desirable. Coconut and coffee. Uh, Maybe. Well, uh, it won. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I wish I could have tried it. I, I, I really, really do. Third place uh, went to Boiling Ore. Oh, Jeremy loves Boiling Ore. I do like a Boiling Ore. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with their, uh, they, they brewed a ghost pepper mango blonde ale. A spicy beer. That's, uh. And ghost peppers, those are the, isn't that the one that Homer took on uh, The Simpsons and went off into like his whole trippy psychedelic. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll take your word <laughs> for that one. Uh, something to note, uh, Boiling Ore, they only just opened uh, in Calgary this year. And uh, this was their first cask competition. And their very first cask. So awesome to those guys. They're, uh, they're making some really good beer over there. People's Choice Award. Uh, apparently, uh, according to the article, we didn't make it to the event personally, but uh, according to the article, as said or as found on the Daily Beer, um, everyone who attended got to, uh, got to put in a ballot as to uh, who they thought uh, was the best. And that went to Blind Man Brewing with a raspberry sour with basil and juniper, which truthfully sounds really, really nice for a summer crushable. So uh, read about uh, more of the beers. The, the article at The Daily Beer has lots of details and, uh, and their experiences of the beer. And uh, links are in the show notes. By all means, check them out. All right, well, this is a bit of old news, but still very relevant. If you haven't seen the movie Alberta, it is now available online. It's a documentary about um, basically the the history of Alberta's beer industry. I think it goes way back to, well, the very beginning of Alberta in the 1800s. Uh, Spencer Estabrooks, normally of, uh, what is this, zombie movie he made? Yeah, he does genre like that. (laughs) But uh, excellent movie. We went and saw it down at... uh, mm, Plaza? The Plaza. That makes sense. And... uh, yeah, where's that, on YouTube? You just go on YouTube and... Uh, you know, I think you can even just go to alberta.com. I'm just going to call up the link there. Yep, alberta.com, and there it is. And uh, it's well worth the price of admission, which is uh, free. 
So, yeah, that'll bring you to the YouTube link and uh, go nuts. There it is. Alberta. Alberta. Brewery News. This is our segment about just the the Alberta breweries and how they're coming along because there's so many uh, new breweries appearing all the time that uh, we thought we'd give little updates of who's doing what. The very first one we got is... Uh, Wood Buffalo out in Fort McMurray. Uh, you got some news on them, Jeremy? Apparently well, they're... Well, uh, due to the fires that uh, that happened there early in May, they were shut down. Mm. Uh, so uh, On Beer, uh, another website resource that uh, that we frequent, uh, they report that uh, that during the fire they did lose 500 litres of beer. Uh, that was being, being brewed at the time of the evacuation. But... Uh, Thank God for small miracles. All the beer in the fermentation tanks was saved, which is which is awesome. Uh, the restaurant portion of the brew pub itself um, is closed at last uh, at last searching for uh, for information on the story, but they were hoping to open uh, later this week. So uh, we wish them well in their recovery. Uh, definitely. Um, as a side note, uh, one of the things that I came across uh, when I was doing uh, some research on this, uh, I found a uh, August 2015 article from uh, Alberta Venture magazine, and uh, Wood Buffalo Brewing uh, tied its flagship beer to the price of oil, so that um, when oh, yeah. uh, when the price of oil or when the oil market collapsed, uh, to make things easier on uh, on his clients who, who might be facing some some tougher times. Uh, the price of the beer actually went down with the price of oil. So, so that's really nice. cool. Cold Garden is just about to open. Cold Garden over in, uh, what's it, Ramsey. Inglewood, I guess. That's the Smith-built hats. Yeah, it's, it's just on the uh, north side of the tracks there. Yeah, we will have to get over there and see how they're going. Mm-hmm. They are just about to open, and they were recently serving at uh, Beer Fest. We passed by there. Didn't get a chance to talk to them. Um, but they're on tap right now at Oak and Vine with their Lisa IPA. And they're also, I've seen them maybe once or twice at the Market Collective. My wife likes to go there and uh, check that out. I'm actually hoping to go to Oak and Vine tonight. So I'm going to make sure that I get my growler with me and filled with, uh, with their beer. Oh. I do like an IPA. (laughs) Half Hitch tweeted on June 8th that they are now licensed to brew. They're not able to sell anything yet, but they're <laughs> ready to brew. In fact, I've been checking them out on Twitter and uh, excited about the scents coming out of their brew kettle, and I can relate to that. They're in Cochrane, Alberta, and if you want to check them out, they've got a, a YouTube vlog, and uh, I watched some of that, and it um, turns out they have a lot of extra spent grains to get rid of. <sighs> Don't we all? <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I got rid of all my hogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I left some spent grains in my basement one time. Ooh, I, I forgot that. about it. <laughs> and about a month later... What is that smell? Oh, it reeked of ammonia. And I was looking under the sink and couldn't figure it out. And then Jeremy stomps up the stairs. <laughs> I think I found your problem. Take a whiff of this. And oh, man. So yeah, you want to make sure you uh, get rid of those spent grains. I believe you threw out the entire garbage can, did you not? Well, I scrubbed it. <laughs> I've uh, heard pe- people make pizza, pizza crust out of spent grains. I mean, I've tried it whenever I've done the brew and 
I don't know, it seems awfully grainy and like a lot of shells get into your... But anyway, Brewster's is expanding uh, distribution into Manitoba. Uh, no restaurants opening up there from what I could read, but uh, their beer is heading east, which is awesome. They have uh, 11 restaurants and a 12-pack sampler will be available to Manitobians or Manitobites or, you know, people from Manitoba. What are What is a person from Manitoba called? Uh, a Manabite. A Manabite. Yes. I like that. Okay. Uh, we encourage uh, you to Google or follow the link in the show notes to the full article. Again, found at the Daily Beer. Uh, read it and uh, see what other offerings that they have. And lastly, congratulations to Caravel. Uh, they got a, a building to brew their beer. Where's that? Uh, they're up at uh, the airport crossing on the corner of Deerfoot and Airport Trail. I uh, looked on their website. There's not much there yet, but they're updating their Facebook page and uh, worth a note. I mean, it's a big deal getting a building. It is a big deal. Moving on to our next segment, Strange Brew. Strange things are afoot. This is strange. He's got a strange way of doing it. Oh. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. Perhaps a Teddy Brewski. That's a good one. All right, Strange Brew. Jeremy, what's, what's Strange Brew? Okay, Strange Brew is general interest trends, learning, book reviews, podcast courses, websites, anything that kind of piques our interest. Miscellaneous stuff that we think you need to know about. Or just stuff that we found kind of cool. <laughs> so what have we got first? Well, first I'm going to play a game with you. All right. See if you can guess the quote, okay? Or guess who said it. That's the game. All right, I'll get a beer while you're doing that. Okay. (laughs) So it goes, I feel sorry for people who don't drink. When they wake up in the morning, that's as As good good as as they're they're going to feel all day. day. I don't know who said it, but I've heard it before. Was it like Jim Morrison? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. It no. sounds like something you L- would say. A little older, a little older, a little further back. <sighs> well, we're not going to prolong this. I'll tell you this right <laughs> now. No, it, it, it was the man, Frank Sinatra himself. Oh, Sinatra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in regards to our strange brew this week, we're starting with Soda Stream. And that they're getting into the craft brew industry. In fact, the... Craft beer has become or has been made so easy now, thanks to SodaStream, that, that that this whole craft brew industry is 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 about to be wiped out. SodaStream, SodaStream, the, the the fizzy water people, the fizzy water themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. How does this work? So. SodaStream has developed a uh, an, an an extract or or, or, or no no. Let's call it a concentrate. Uh, it's called Blondie. Uh, so instead of adding the usual flavored soda concentrate, now uh, you add Blondie, which produces a 4.5% beer. There's alcohol in this. There's 4.5% alcohol in, in a soda stream Blondie. So you... <laughs> you have a, quote, smooth, authentic taste... And a hop-filled aroma. So this is probably going to put home brewing out of business. Oh, ab- absolutely, ab- absolutely. I mean, I the mean, uh, the Blondie starter kit comes with uh, a liter of concentrate, which in turn makes about three liters of uh, of beer. 
Um, so there's no mash tun. No, 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 no. It's a uh, kettle. It, it, it's really just. Uh, Do you need a burner? Screw it on and push the button. Do you need a, a grain mill? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> it, it, this is revolutionary. Why would anyone ever brew beer at home when this exists? I, I, I well, okay. Um, one thing though is that it's not really uh, uh, available in, uh, in in North America. It's only uh, in uh, uh, European markets at the moment. Oh well, okay. So there you go. The homebrew <laughs> community can hang on for at least another couple months. A couple they... of months, okay. But, like, you know, you guys might want to start polishing off your resume, okay? Like... Soda stream. Yeah. I already own one. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> beer Smith. Now, ever since I started brewing beer, or at least attempting to do so, I, uh, because I'm a big podcast fan, went just looking for podcasts about beer. And I came across this one by Brad Smith. And he's got about 120 episodes, 127, and he's been doing it since 2010. And uh, right now I'm about uh, halfway through all of them. I'm at like 68. And um, so I was listening to the podcast, and then I realized later that um, he actually does uh, Beersmith the software, which is the industry seems to be the industry standard in, in, in beer uh, recipe development software. And uh, I know that people use it on their, their test systems, like a Sabco. Your friend Andrew uses it, right? Uh, Andrew's learned how to use it. I purchased it for $30. And I don't know if I've opened it more than once because <laughs> I've been a little busy. <laughs> so basically, he shows up on brew days and he just tells me what to, to do. Or I'll just go on to Google and I'll type in like, you know, the pale ale clone. A, the last one they was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale clone, and I just kind of follow whatever's on the website. But you're not gonna learn anything by doing that because you need to be able to repeat the process. I'm doing brewing a bag, so I need to make modifications so that my times are right. I mean, I was really just winging it. I didn't even throw in my hops at the right time. So I really need to start using Beersmith. Does Beersmith have like tracking features and stuff like that? Everything, like- everything. Yeah, and it'll even make adjustments based on the the way you're brewing your beer, if you're doing like a rim system or if you're doing like a full-scale brewery and, and depending on how much uh, yield you get out of your grains. And uh, yeah, that's the that's the go-to software. I uh, I used to make donuts, as you know. Um, right. <laughs> now, 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 when I made donuts... Donut Smith. Don't, well, <laughs> damn, I could have cashed in there, couldn't I? Um, but when I made donuts, uh, I, I made them at sea level. Um, does does yeast react differently at all? Do you know, like at at, at higher elevations? And would Beersmith like like do they? Is there anywhere in Beersmith that asks you uh, what your what your elevation is? Like I'm I'm just curious if because I I know donuts are going to come out really different uh, if you're making them down at Kitsilano Beach and uh, <laughs> if you're making them you know in, in in Calgary. I don't know the answer to that for sure, but I'm going to guess yes. That's That was a little long-winded for a guess, wasn't it? Because if there's anything that I'm noticing about creating beer, that every minute detail makes a huge difference. Or at least there's a large group of people that will have you believe that every minute detail. So for certain, altitude has to do something with it. All right. I just wanted to mention a couple other things about the podcast. um, Is that it's got a lot of really big names in beer. And I didn't even realize that. I was about 30 episodes in when I started to realize who some of these guests were. He's got John Palmer on there, Chris White, Gordon Strong, Charlie Bamford, Randy Mosher. 
Um, since then, I've actually purchased books by these guys and, uh, well, Chris White from White Labs, the yeast provider. And, uh, and if you don't know these names, you will because I'll probably be talking about them in this segment over the next, well, however long. Which brings us into our next segment, Specific Gravity. Two pairs of gravities. That's not talent, that's gravity. Gravity only point eight nine seven. Gravity systems are failing, hold on. What's gravity? Specific Gravity is our home brew segment. Basically, my adventures in learning how to brew beer that doesn't suck. I, uh, I started with uh, a kit. And uh, extract. It's still in the fridge. If you wanna, you wanna try. No, not even extract. It was just a kit. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I was there when you a bought a cerveza. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. Truthfully, no, no. It's 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 not horrible. It's it's a good uh, eighth beer. Um, it's it, it's fine. At that point, you know, you you're 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 just you know pushing the pushing the gauntlet. It, it, it. I should almost go get one and drink it right now. <laughs> And then the next step, uh, I did some searching around online, and I got all uh, excited about building myself a, a three-tier Herm system, and some of you know what that is, but um, I sort of backed off from that because it was just... There's a lot involved with a three-tier Herm system. That's too complicated. I, I bit off more than I could handle. So I did end up buying a bunch of uh, kegs, 50-liter kegs. You grabbed a couple for yeah, me. Yeah, I found them. And uh, then I learned to uh, cut the tops off which I actually have to cut one off for the brew on Saturday. So probably tomorrow I'll be uh, cutting another one. I was looking around YouTube and uh, some of the videos there, I mean, there's guys building like these jigs for holding their <laughs> grinders, <laughs> their and grinder and it's just, they're making it way too complicated. So I thought I'd maybe make a little video of how I cut the top off a keg because I think it's... Uh, a hell of a lot simpler than what they're doing. And then I also figured out how to uh, dull the edge afterwards because once you finish cutting that off, I mean, you've just got this razor sharp, like like a razor fencing or something. And the, the problem with me is I was kind of just overdoing it. I was uh, sanding it too too much. And, if, and when you just use regular sandpaper, actually, just hand sand it. And uh, that got it quite smooth. I even got it down to a 600 grit. So you can basically... Uh, Run your tongue along it now, and because <laughs> that's what you want to yeah. do with, uh, <laughs> with your big mash tongue. Yeah. <laughs> that's really smooth. Well, sometimes you want to get in there and have a taste. Um, so I've actually gone brew in a bag, and I use uh, the kegel is what is it you call it once you actually have that. And I got a couple burns for fifteen bucks, and I just bought myself a fifty-five pound bag of two row. Nice. And I got some different uh, like caramel malts downstairs. I got some chocolate. I can't. I just picked up like three or four random things just to make up my mind later. What are you brewing on Saturday? Do you know yet? I think having just read the uh, the Lagunitas book, I'm gonna go for their flagship IPA. Nice. And um, brew your own. Brew on your own magazine. Put a, a recipe, a clone online, and people say that it's pretty dead on. So I'm going to... Is that the one we had the other night? Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave you Sierra Nevada and I gave you... L- Lagunese was the hoppy one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, and for people who care, it's got two row, little uh, Cara, Crystal 60, 
little German Munich light, and the hops are Horizon, Cascade, Willamette, and then dry hopped after seven days with more Cascade. Yeah, so I'm going to give that a shot there. This. So when will this be uh, ready? Uh, you got to let it sit for like a month. Damn it. <laughs> but I got, uh, I tried to do a pale ale downstairs, Sierra Nevada. That's the last clone I did. So we can start drinking that, I don't know, next episode. All right. Now we're talking, see? These are, these are good friends to have. <laughs> Five gallons at a time. I got 50 liters of wine on my place due in September. You can come over then. <laughs> uh, with the, oh yeah, so the grain, of course, in order to do that, I had to uh, buy a grain mill. <laughs> and holy crap, what is the deal with grain mills? I looked online. I looked around and like it's $150 to buy it online. So by the time it gets to Canada. And that's US too, right? That's US dollars. Yeah. So it's, it's not getting here for any less than 200 bucks. No way. No. And this is a piece of wood. It's a, a little piece of tin at the top, put the grains in. And then there's the, the mill. And do I have it here? The actual two mills, what rotates them with each other is just a little rubber stuck around one of the mills that so gets pinched in between two of them. And that's what sort of drives the two. Like yeah, this this but, thing should cost 50 bucks. But what, what what's it made of though? I uh, mean, you know, what, what, what's the engineering behind the, behind that? What, what precise cutting was, what was put into those, uh, into those rollers to give that, that, that grain just the right size. You know, there's, there's a lot of research and development gone into I that. I did look in the instruction book and it said it's made out of something called adamantium. So uh, maybe it's, it'll last. It'll last forever. <laughs> Hang on, here. I, I don't even know what that is. You don't know that. <laughs> we'll let Jeremy uh, educate himself on Marvel here. Did you mean? <laughs> so yeah, this thing. I don't know. I'm going to start a new business making these these mills because holy crap, two hundred bucks, too much, too much. Ah, that was really funny about the animation. <laughs> So yeah, if you want to see anything that I'm up to there, you can go check out the website. I'm hopefully going to be posting pictures of my adventures in uh, learning to homebrew. And uh, the very next thing I want to do is actually build a, a rim system. So I got to go out and splurge, spend 250 bucks on a pump and start to figure out how I'm going to hook all this up. I think you can still find a pump in a uh, old uh, carpet steam cleaner, I tell you. <laughs> That's what I want to be pumping my beer with. <laughs> All right, on to our next segment where we go through the mill. What's the rumor mill churning out these days? Anything interesting? You know, not really. Not really. It's a little low on grist. Welcome to Through the Mill. This is our interview segment where we're going to go around and interview brewers in Alberta, craft beer people. Home brewers, perhaps, whoever uh, is part of the scene. But we want to kind of start it off by talking about our journey up to this point. We actually, uh, this all started when my wife sent me uh, a little uh, Eventbrite notification for a thing saying, because we had been doing wine, so she sent me a thing saying, uh, so you want to start a brewery? And I thought, no, I don't. <laughs> but um, it was at this place called uh, Tool Shed, which was uh, just up from my house. And so I uh, called up Jeremy and says, 
let's let's go to this. What the hell? It'd be fun. What the hell? I like beer. Sure. Yeah. So with no real intentions, and I think at that time I'd just done my first extract beer. So, I mean, not serious at all. But uh, we went there and uh, holy crap, Jeremy, what did we run into? <laughs> well, uh, that evening we sat with, was it 30 plus people? I would say closer to 50. Closer to 50? Yeah. Like there was a crowd of us. Uh, at this seminar of So You Want to Be a Brewer. I expected uh, like 10. Yeah, at, 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 at most. And uh, and there we were with with, uh, with this crowd and we, and we listened to uh, to Graham and Jeff uh, tell about how they started Toolshed Brewing. And, and my God, if there's anything that, <laughs> that I took away from, uh, from, from, from that night is that, uh, whoo, man, you need the cajones of an orangutan to, uh, <laughs> to put yourself on the line like that. My God, these guys have courage. Yeah, if you haven't been out there to, to go around Toolshed and listen to Graham talk, he's very, very inspiring, very compelling. I mean, he, he's part of the reason we're here right now, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, he uh, he, he preached, and and, and, and I, I believe, and now I testify. <laughs> it's, uh, oh. But it's scary, though. I mean, from hearing him talk, he's got basically everything, oh. everything. But, you know, I read these brewery books, and they're all like that. They just they put it all on the line. Yeah, and and Toolshed, I mean, they uh, they started when uh, when the law was different. Of course, uh, there used to be the uh, the five thousand hectare uh, minimum of uh, production required, which equates um, one and a half million bottles of beer a year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that, that's that's commitment. That's that's um, that's some financial obligation. But uh, but they were even instrumental in getting that law changed. And of course, now there's uh, there's no restriction on. Uh, on production, there's there's no limits or minimum uh, minimum requirement. Uh, you can uh, you can open a brewery with uh, with a pot on the stove. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the big takeaways from the night. I mean, if there's nothing else that was said that really made me aware of what's about to happen here in Alberta, it's, it's learning about that law, and that was in 2013. Mm-hmm. So we were late hearing about it, but of course, it takes a couple of years for a bunch of people to. Uh, Actually, <laughs> well, for people who who you know only just brewed their first batch of beer, yeah, and then all of a sudden you know okay, finally we're in the uh, we're we're, we're kind of not even in the group yet, but but you know we're we're listening, we're we're looking online, and you know we're going to events like this, and then that's that's how you find these things out. And anyone that was around, it takes a while to get approved, and then get the building and get the tank. So we're actually coming to the party right on time to start a podcast because there, I've actually started up a spreadsheet, and um, I've got my last count in Alberta. There's 55 breweries, and there's 17 in uh, in Calgary alone. In fact, I have a little sound bit to play. If you'd like to hear that. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> could 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 you please push the play button? There you go. Alley Cat, Amber, Bam, Bandit Peak, Bam Avenue, Bench Creek, Bed Stick, Big Rock, Wineman, Boiling Ore, Bar, Brewster, Canmore, Caravel, Cold Garden, Common Crown, Cooley, Dandy, Dog Island, Drummond, Fat Unicorn, Fitzsimmons, Goat Locker, GP, Grain Bin, Grizzly Paw, Half Hitch, Hell's Basement, Hogshead, Jasper, King of Springs, Last Fest, Minot, Norseman, Old College, Polar Park, Red Bison, Red Cup, Ripstone Creek, Rivethead, Situation, Six Corners, Something, To Well, Theoretically, 
Tool Shed, Trolley 5, Troubled Monk, Two Sergeants, Village, Watershed, Wild Rose, Winter City, Wood Buffalo, and Yellowhead. Wow, that was awesome. It's <laughs> a lot of breweries. <laughs> Holy smokes. How are you doing with updating? I mean, you know, just on Twitter this week, I, uh, you know, there were, there were several new ones that... Uh, that just opened, wasn't there? Oh man, yeah. To do this, it's all about Twitter. That's Facebook, Instagram. I've never really used any of these, never had a reason to before. Uh, but the craft beer thing is really turning me into a, a social media whore. <laughs> and you got tweet deck going now and everything. So actually, we started this podcast. The idea, I mean, we went to that, and then it sort of germinated in a while, and then eventually we thought, why don't we make it a show? We just want to hang out and drink beer and meet people anyway. So um, then the Calgary Beer Fest was coming up, so we thought, uh, why don't we launch it there? Awesome place to launch. Because where else can would, would, would so many people be in, in the same room and willing to talk to you? Mm. Willing and wanting to talk to you. <laughs> and they can't leave, really. I mean, they're stuck there. They're at a booth, and <laughs> you walk up to them with a microphone, and they're, everyone's very polite. Very. Um, before we went there, though, we thought, um, uh, well, we went to beer school at uh, at Willow Park. Willow Park. I also went to beer school at uh, Big Rock with Dave Nuttall. I missed that one. And uh, so that's basically where I learned about all the beer styles in the world. But uh, Dave Gingrich at Willow Park was fantastic, and... Um, and also agreed to uh, do an interview with us to kind of, um, I don't know, kick off the whole thing. And uh, what started as just a podcast with Alberta, I also was going to, uh, on a trip to Portland, and I thought, well, why not just hop in a truck and drive the entire Pacific Northwest? Why not? <laughs> so we started in Calgary, went to Kelowna, and then we went to Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, Yakima, and back home. So all that's happened <laughs> since we first came up with this idea. So now um, we're going to go back in time and go to our interview with uh, Dave Gingrich before we went on this trip. And uh, this is when we very first started to buy gear to do this podcast. And there was a bit of a technical glitch. So half the show, Dave, is kind of quiet in the background <laughs> in fact as you listen to the interviews i do over the the full month you'll probably hear the sound getting better and better and better as we buy more equipment and learn how to use it having said that dave the beer guy so what is it the main thing you're excited about seeing a beer fest ah uh, oh god <laughs> uh to be honest the new breweries for I'll sure be, yeah. i i think a lot of them aren't even ready yet i don't think all of them are gonna be boring be a couple that aren't even going to be participating in it because they're just like, they've missed it by that much. But I mean, even myself, my advice to them was wait then. Yeah. Don't rush it so you can pour your beer and, you know. How many brand new breweries is there right now that approximately? Uh, now I can't, I don't even know. I don't know. I, no, it's not quite there, but like <laughs> we're, we're looking in definitely in like by the end of the year, we should say Alberta or at least Calgary has at least 20 new breweries just in Calgary actually uh, opening their doors yeah because yeah. dave was dave nuttle yeah he Noodles. was <laughs> is that what friend it's is nuttle it's nuttle okay um he he was talking about he was talking to people at the aglc and they said they got a stack of 200 applications 
yeah. to open new breweries right now and they can't get through them fast enough. No, that's what I'm saying. Like they're going to be waiting on processing most of yeah. them. But, but there is some in the work. Like almost everybody of mine that home brews is making a brewery now. Yeah. Like buddy, buddy from down the street, he's a good home brewer. He's like, I'm going to make beer and I'm going to make it happen. Like, he, I mean, it's usually not hard to find a couple investors. And when you say it's beer, they're like, wait, beer's doing really good right now. Yeah. It's doing better than oil right now. So, yeah. I mean, if you could look at like the economy raising and we're selling beer barrels instead of oil barrels, you'd probably be doing a lot better right now, wouldn't we? That's what that. saves the Alberta economy. Yeah. All right. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> But of of course that uh, anything new is always exciting at Beer Fest too, um, like like not just new breweries but new products, new things because a lot of the breweries that have been around for a while, you know they they start to almost go stale. I don't mean like product wise. I mean just people get bored with them and they're something that did amazing before. But people are like, eh, I want to see something else. And then this is the festival where they get to like launch all that chaos, right? So, so like the big guys keeps them on their toes. Yeah, and I mean we actually do one in November, which is like smaller scale, but same kind of thing. Like I launch, so we've had sometimes like fifty plus new beers at it. I mean when you consider it's like a room, right? Like it's not like a massive convention center, and there's not fifty thousand people, or I don't know how many. I'm sure there's not fifty thousand, but close to that. They're saying forty thousand go through it. It's crazy. Insane. Yeah. I mean, they walk in straight and I don't know how. <laughs> they go <laughs> through out. it. Walk in the door and they roll out the back, you know. When you go into a brewery and, you know, you get your tour, what, what are you looking at when you go in? I'm usually looking at what differentiates them from every other brewery. Why are they, why are they this brewery? Like, what makes them that brewery? You know, what's, what's, where's their character? Where's their culture? Um where they got their ideas to brew what they do, um, where their heads are at too. But I mean, I mean, just like looking around. Well, no, no. I mean, just like what you want to, what you want to get out of your tour, right? And I mean, you answered Is the question that, there would, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly that. I want the culture. I want their idea. I want like the, what made them be them. I mean, like, like, Every brewery is virtually the same. They have to do the same thing. It's all the same tanks, Um, yeah. But, I mean, you go to breweries like Phillips or breweries like New Belgium. um, Just two examples that are... um, Man, they they have their own, like, almost society or, like, culture going on within the walls. And they all, like, work with each other like family. Um, They have, like... It just feels like it's almost like a carnival. But they know what the hell they're doing. They're not just a bunch of jugglers and clowns. Like, they're... (laughs) They have them there, but like it's just that's a part of who they are, and it shows in the beer they make too. I mean, it's it's always exciting. There's always something cool going on, uh, you know, like always innovative, you know, packaging everything. I mean, it's it's uh, that's that's usually what I look for because just when you tour a lot of breweries, you start to almost get I don't want to say bored because it's the people that you end up going to see more so than the brewery. Yeah. But I mean, every once in a while, every once in a while you see a real pretty beer, like brew house, you're like, (laughs) damn, (laughs) she's always pretty. You know what I mean? (laughs) You just have a hard time not uh, being taken in by, you know, like going to like Belgium and seeing like copper, you know, like, like kettles and stuff like that. You just don't really see here anymore. Yeah. Everything's stainless steel, right? So that's what we need to do is go in and just say, what's your story? What's your, what's the, the culture? How would you describe the, the... Well, what makes you guys you? I mean, yeah, like, like Lagunitas is a good example of that. They say it all the time, because we're Lagunitas. Yeah. And it's like, well, why did you do that? Because we're Lagunitas. And it's like, that's just our mentality. Like, we don't, you know, it's... 
Obviously, yeah. Rogue is like that too. Yeah, but Dogfish some people, and funny that the same agent represents both those brands too. Yeah. But oh, really? Yeah, and I mean, they're the agents are kind of similar. They're like <laughs> near near the same wavelength, and I mean, that's what draws people to them and draws people to you know wanting to work with them as well, right? So I think like like mindedness sometimes will sell product to the similar you know like like there's so many breweries out there why do you have to be like because everybody makes a pale everybody makes an ipa everybody makes an amber you don't have to do that you can do your own thing you can do whatever you want um you may not succeed in the mass scale and grow but sometimes what happens is you know a brewery is way ahead of their time or they're in a different time zone or like completely out out to lunch but eventually that kicks into a certain group of people then that raises some kind of whoa and then next thing you know somebody like you know does like a, a article on them or something or whatever and then people get interested and they're like whoa and then <clears throat> someone across the world sees something online they're like man i gotta check these guys out and then all of a sudden they're a worldwide phenomenon they're a little calgary brewery or something you know like is there a local example of that no not yet i think, yet. I think <laughs> we're waiting I think dandy will be there real quick like i think they're they're, they're kind of have a hard time expanding because they're so little and they don't really have any room to expand at all. Yeah. But they're doing stuff on such a small scale that I think it's making them very like sought out and special. And when you can get your hands on it, it's like, whoa, cool. I'm so happy I got this. There's Going to their, their, you know, the brew pub, everything. I mean, I not brew pub, but the tasting room. They're one of the first ones we want to get to because we really feel like they're a good example of like you said, most of these backyard brewers, yeah. that's the first level they're going to get to unless right. they get all this big funding or investors. And it, it kind of almost depends who you talk to there too because I think they all have the same, like, you know, what they wanted to do kind of with the brewery, but I think all of them have their own different, you know, like you get a different interview completely out of any different guy at, at Dandy, right? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, God. That's really bad because like he like toured us around. Me and my girlfriend went up there and he like toured us around, brought us in when they were like he was closed. He was just brewing. And, you know, he was awesome, man. Like just it wasn't even talking about beer. We were just talking about random shit, like what music inspires him. And he was talking about like random French, like uh, indie pop and stuff. And like I, I can relate to that. But exactly. And that's what I mean is that. And they have a record player there with all rando records that he's really into and then yeah. there's the ones you know like Derek likes and what Ben likes and like Matt likes and it's all they all have their own little personalities that make the brewery yeah. so what I'm saying is they all give you a different story but together is what makes the whole story right and I think that's how a lot of breweries are unless it was started with like one guy he hired a staff yeah. and then it grew to what it is today but there's always someone who inspires you I haven't you. found that story yet it's all well, right yeah it's always usually like a couple people or whatever but well you yeah. haven't spoken to Johan yet yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> there's there's a lot of self made like guys that did it themselves from the beginning and now they're just a huge organization that because they did it right they were they were gun ho and they didn't want to like let anyone tell them that they're out to lunch and they don't know what they're doing because like who's to say that because, you know, like, what I say to, like, a group of people, that group of people might be like, that guy sucks. It's so boring. You are the ultimate then, judge. They're you, trying to sell to you. You can go, sorry, no. Well, but this is what I'm saying is then you go and talk to, like, you know, another group of people, and it sinks in. They're really into it. And then you're like, wow, there was a bond there, a click, right? And that's it's like that with anything. I mean, I think that's how you start the brewery and get it going where it is and make your sales and whatever. So what portion of the beers that you get requested that you carry 
that you have to just, is it 50% or you, you carry 25 of what you requested? Like how much people are calling you saying, carry this beer and you go like, is it 10? It takes a few people to be able to make it happen. Like one person asks, I'll order it in for them. Yeah. Another person asks, I'll order it for them. But if I get like five people in one day asking for beer, I'm like, well, maybe we need to bring this one in. If it's downright foul and I've had a thousand people ask for it, and I'm like, this beer is not going on my shelf. Yeah. It's not going on the shelf. Because I don't want to like like uh, um, jeopardize the quality for what everybody's drinking, you know? Because they're trends. They're things that they... 95% of the customer watches TV and buys stuff based on what they saw. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, we had that, that Uptown girl. The Minhas beer a while okay. ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, we probably had 100 people in a week asking me for it. And, like, they're like, oh, man. And none of them had tried it. Not one of them. They are all asking for me to carry it. Whether I don't know whether they paid people to come in and ask me to get me to carry it. Or whether like it was just because they saw the commercial. But the fact it was all women who wanted it. And the commercial is a bunch of like scantily clad ladies dancing around a beer tub. I'm like, why does that make women want to buy beer? That makes guys want to buy it. But they're like, for the lady on the town or whatever. And it's like a little tiny bottle. Oh. Not, I don't know, man. I just... I said, have you tried it? Because I was like, I have. And they're like, well, how is it? And I go, I don't know. I go, I don't, I don't, I think you might buy it once. You know, like, and it's God, just being unlucky. fair. No, I, I don't, I didn't want to tell them it's a terrible beer or anything. Because that's not, not for me to say. Because yeah. I personally don't drink Molson or Labatt products really ever. Just because I don't, it's not my thing. But, you know, a lot of people love it. So, you know, does that make it a bad beer? No. Just means that, you know, people are suckers to advertise it. It's hard to make a clean lager like that. I've yeah. learned now that I'm doing homebrew. It's like shit. I need all, all this extra they equipment. Do it perfectly, but I mean, they also, you know, they cut corners and they have uh, a lot of computers. So, if you've been to the big breweries, they're they're. We'll get there. There's a lot of automated brewing. They're like, this is our brewmaster. <laughs> Hello, Hatu. Just... <laughs> here's Mike. He's actually our brewmaster. <laughs> He usually just tells R2 to go get to He's work. He's really just the computer out. programmer now. And yeah, yeah. But I mean, you really do have to have like a recipe nailed down and you got to have like the timing and everything. And I mean, that's, it's, it's, uh, you can't cut corners there because you're uh, catering to millions of people, right? So, Actually, you know, whereas the craft brewery hopes that they can get to hundreds of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hopefully hundreds of people are drinking our beer because then yeah. you're like, all right. I actually read some stats there that the craft beer brewery or the craft beer industry is so inefficient that they are responsible for hiring half the people in the beer industry because the large guys use so little staff, they use mostly R2. And the other stat was about uh, there were like 80% of the hops are used by, by only craft beer guys. Yeah. And there's only 2% of the market and until, using 80% of the hops. But that's until like, like the big guys get into like deciding they're going to start brewing craft beers, which they've started doing. <gasps> Like, you know, like, like when, Tees, when Tees started doing their single hop, they did like galaxy hopped, uh, um, well, Alexander Keys. And then suddenly none of the craft brewers could get their hands on galaxy because oh, they bought no. all of it. You know, and they don't, they don't play nice. They're like, we'll take all of it. How much do you have? 400 billion kilos. We'll take all of it. Are you going to use it all? No, we're going to burn it all. And we're not even going to put hops in the beer. And we're going to call it Galaxy. Oh, oh my God. I'm just kidding. That's some of that. They I, it could have happened. The Walmart, the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. We got Vancouver then. Man. So we're going to pull into there. And I've got, uh, well, first of all, I wonder, what do you carry from Vancouver? 
uh, parallel forty nine. Yeah, killing uh, <laughs> it right now. Mm -hmm. The Brew uh, Brother box. Yeah, I've bought two or three fantastic. of those. Fantastic. Um, we carry Daggerad. Okay. Another really cool like Belgian style brewery. They're really small as well. Uh, Steel and Oak. Okay. Another awesome brewery. Um, oh God, man, it's there's there's a lot. It's like actually hard to remember. Was, I got someone I was going to throw it because. I was um, kind of going by Parallel 49s, who partnered with them. Right, I thought, right. there's a good place for me Four to start. Wins, man. Oh, my God. So, okay, so I've got <laughs> Strange Fellows. You heard yeah, of them? Yeah. And uh, they, they, they brew with cheese? Is that what I'm understanding? What's going on on their website? They got a goat, and they got a guy cutting up cheese curds. And it's like, are they doing, they're souring their beer with... They could be using, like, uh, like a lactobacillus kind of... Uh, That's what I'm wondering. But I don't know about, like, with, with cheese, though. Like, they're probably just using the lactic from, from the goats. Maybe they're, like, using their... I have no idea. They could be using their own, like, making their own lactic uh Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Because wow. you go to the website, and it's honestly a movie starts playing. You don't touch anything. You don't hit play. Just in the background, there's a goat. And then it shows the guy making cheese curds and pouring it and then storing it. And then going into yeah, barrels. Be. Gotta be doing that. Maybe they're like souring beers or something. Or anyway, we'll, we'll go check it out. Well, I mean, you know, we'll let you know. is using their yogurt to the make yogurt, their yeah. cow town, right? Exactly. Um, it's not, I've, I mean, I had a, a skier beer when I was in Iceland too that was made with like skier enzymes, which is like, you know, the same thing as yogurt, basically just different, uh, different stuff. Did you know that kefir and kefir are two different things? No. <laughs> well, the, I heard that um, Wild Rose is using kefir, which is a type of fermented yogurt kind of beverage, right? Okay. And then, ke but it's also flavored with kefir, which is a type of lime leaf. Lime. Well, kefir <laughs> is the lime. Yeah. K-A-F-F-I-R or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, buddy are having an argument over this, and we realize, no, we're both right. They're actually... <laughs> They're using kefir and kefir. Kefir and kefir. <laughs> anyway, Just that's... Watching a how I say that, I'm like, there's a there's a there's a slang a racial slang in that word. Uh oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. I've ever looked that one up too. <laughs> you didn't say it. Don't worry. It's, it's none of those. None of us. We're, we're all good. My, my stepdad's from South Africa, so I know it. So. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. So the other ones, like Storm. Have you heard of those guys? Yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's wearing this like leather bondage outfit, and he's got his ladies around him, and he's got like, is he some, have you been there or heard of? Him? Do you carry nope. anything? Uh, nope, not from Storm. All right, we'll check it out. Four wins. We want to go there because it's all the sours. It's so good. It yeah, I, I haven't had anything bad from them yet, so. I've had, a, I've had about five or six of their beers, so. Yeah? It's not a lot, but I mean, it's enough to know that they're a good brewery. Definitely better. Check if you like all six of them, then they're, you're like, they're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> nailed it. Holy yeah, smokes. They're, they're awesome. So anyway, that brings us to Seattle. You must carry something from Seattle. Uh, I carry, um, well, I used to carry Pike. Yeah. Oh, really? Bike anymore? Yeah. Some of the ones that I found were interesting. Is a room called Flying Bike, and they're a cooperative brewery, and people yeah. all vote on what to get, and then they all put their money in, and it's owned by the entire community. Cool. Ever, never heard of it? No. <laughs> okay. Well, we're just looking for strange concepts, right? Yeah. Because that might be something people want to do here. Actually, there is one in Calgary. Who's going to be the? Oh, yeah, the well, well brewing. that's it. Yeah, that's, yeah they're uh, going to be doing a cooperative. Uh, Quinton. Yeah, I know him. I've met him a few times and drank beers with him before. One of the girls that works here actually is good friends with us. <clears throat> he was talking about you had to do that, like, pitch to try and get, you know, money to help yeah. start up, right? And he was like, 
I got five grand, man. I'm almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he went with a different business model. He's going to just, everyone can pitch in. Well, if everyone buys a piece, well, you know. the problem with him is he had a guy that was his partner and more of the investor, and he ducked out on them. Oh, but Quinton didn't want to quit. He was like, "Nope." So I, it'll be exciting when he gets rocking. But uh, New Belgium, um, exciting as hell. Yeah, they're they're insane. That that is an insane brewery to tour. It's it's unbelievable, man. But I mean, there you kind of it's good to have a contact for sure. They're kind of big guys. Well, they're big guys, but it's like if you don't have someone like kind of bringing you around, mm. um, I don't know. It, it might be like just like, eh, big. Shut up, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't talking to you. Um, it, it's I, I would feel it'd just be a big brewery, and you'd be like, oh. But if you have someone actually bringing you with the culture, they're like I was talking before. They're like Phillips, they're like a family, and they're all like really tight. And uh, this guy Bernie. I think his name's Bernie. I bought his book when I was down there. He was, um, <laughs> I kind of really forget what his, his role is. I, mean, I know he does the, a lot of the art and stuff all around there. Like, he'd, like he did our like, welcome Willow Park, or Dave Gingrich from Willow Park. Da, da, da. It's at Willow Park, British Columbia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they thought that was the name of the town we're from. Oh, yeah. And they found out we're actually like, you know, a big retailer liquor store. And I was the guy and they're just my buddies with me. And so he goes, oh, shit. And he goes in the back, and he, you can see it's, like, different color. But he did a really good job making it look Willow Park, Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was, it was kind of neat to see, like, a big sign and a big brewery welcoming you. Like, um, and we got toured around by... You personally, or the whole staff? What's that? Was it just you? Me, yeah, me and a couple of my friends. Oh, okay. But we had, they had uh, <laughs> this, this lady, Erin. She's uh, head of the Viper Squad. That's what they call them. And that just means she's the VIP crew. And they bring you around, and and we met up with like she was bros with everybody there. It's like, hey man, this is this guy works in the bottling line. You know, we got to like drink new like fat tires right off the bottling line. That's and, the only like, one I've had from them. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, like and, and and watching everybody ride around on their bikes and oh really? Yeah, really really neat. Yeah, Oscar Blues is a freaking trip. They're a man. big name. That's one that Graham recommended. Yeah, they're a big name, but they're still like very like. Intense Smart, yeah. innovative, and uh, and or what's the word I'm looking for? Mentality. Yeah. yeah, it's it's cool. Like I'm just shooting the shit with this guy at the bar. It turns out he's like their head of like media and marketing. Yeah. So like kind of guy I want to talk to, and he was telling me that they're gonna start their own record company and shit. Like, oh really? Apparently there's money in beer or something, but like I think it's just that you know they can they got beer they could probably pay musicians in beer for a while you know that are starting out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? Well, then we're going to go actually to, what do you call it, Beerlandia? Or Beervana? In Portland? Portland. Like, where do we go in Portland? Oh, man, you have to go to Horse Brass as a, as a pub. Okay. Um, and try and interview someone there if you can. Because, um, unfortunately, Don Younger passed away a few years ago, and he was the guy who started that place. All right. Uh, and I think at one point he also owned Belmont Station, which is also... Here's another guy you should talk to. He'd be like... Talking almost like me, but down south. Okay. Uh, his name's Carl, mm-hmm. and he owns uh, Belmont Station. So um, it's just a really cool beer store that has half beer store, half like brew pub, or not brew pub, but kind of a, a tap. Like, you know, they do growlers. It was way before growlers were a thing. And they just have like a little, like, you can drink beers and eat little snacks on the one side and they have like Michael Jackson's beer book on the podium and like so you can go and like they'll even click off the beers that they carry that are in there 
Um, and you can go and you can buy beers to stay or beers to go. Yeah, I understand. So you Portland can drink is beers the Wild West. It's just you can do anything. Kind of, yeah. I mean, there's still regulations. Barely. But, but it, it's, I mean, they've worked around it. I mean, the, their culture is revolved around beer now. So it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. But that, that place is cool. I, I go there every time. Have you ever <laughs> heard of a thing called a U-Brew? Yeah. Or we, brew on premise? Or yeah, a bop? Where, where you go in there and you basically like, you talk about you, what style you want to brew and you have it brewed and then you come back and get it when it's ready. Yeah, whatever, have you ever, right? the, the, I've never done one All before. these places have something yeah. like that. We're like, really? And it's illegal here, of course. Yeah. And, but we want to go check these out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have their own house brews that they excel. And mm -hmm. in Portland, they can sell other people. They can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that Vineyard South isn't doing that already. I think um, that it's illegal. Like Neil. Um, I, I asked Neil that very question. Yeah. When I went to the, the yeast wranglers meeting. Yeah. And I said, how come, you know, you don't, how come I can't sample the this, wine? This, you're right, though. There's too many friggin' laws here that, like, prevent us from doing everything. <laughs> Well, we just kind of want to walk down the coast, see if anything popped off the top of your head. And the only other thing we were hoping that maybe you could do a, like a soundbite for us. Yeah. Hey, this is Dave the Beer Guy with Willow Park Wines and Spirits, also known as Dave Gingrich, because that's my real name. Um, you're listening to Brewers Mashup, and uh, it's been swell chatting with these gentlemen. So uh, have a great day. Drink beer, or I'll kill you. Or I'll kill you. Kevin was looking at my bag at the airport. Oh, are these your bags? That's a funny sort of bag. You know what I'm wondering? What is in the bag? I want you to go in that bag and find my wallet. Carefully grab the bag and toss it the top. Welcome to Listener's Brew Bag, the email and question section of our podcast that we have no questions yet. Do you have a question, Jeremy? I don't have a question right now. Not, not yet. I've asked you all the questions. <laughs> so if anyone wants suggestions for our show or just wants to ask us something or maybe suggest someone we should interview, um, send that in to Brewers Mashup everywhere. We've got brewersmashup.com, .ca. We've got the Twitter. We've got the Instagram, the Facebook, the Google, everything. We got it all. See, that was the one question I was going to ask. Was, <laughs> was, was how do I get in touch with you? So yeah, brewersmashup at gmail.com I think would be the absolute easiest, best way. And you could just go to brewersmashupthewebsite.com and it'll all be right there at the top. And if you've got uh, a news release, uh, an event, uh, a party, you got something uh, something that you just want to say, by all means, please <laughs> send it along to us. A house party? You're just going to brew some beer? Three guys sitting around? You know, I, I, I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> At this it. point, we would probably announce I it. would absolutely. <laughs> and while you're on the website there, um, please check out the show notes for the episode. Uh, it's going to be... Very extensive with all these interviews. There's a lot of good resource, a lot of good reading there. And I just want to thank uh, everyone who agreed to talk to us at the beer festival and Dave Gingrich especially. He uh, he popped our cherry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dave. Can we say, you know, pop the top or something? <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the show. Jeremy, any final words? Emmanuel Kant was a real pissant, he was very rarely stable. I dagger, I dagger was a boozy beggar who could drink you under the table. David Hume could not consume William Frederick Hegel. And Wittgenstein was a beery swine, he was just a schlosser schlegel. There's nothing Nietzsche couldn't teach you about the raising of the wrist. 
Socrates himself was permanently pissed. Perfect. That was dead on. Nailed it. <laughs> oh, that wasn't recording. Can you do it again? <laughs> Open up Budweiser and pour yourself the most inviting glass of beer you've ever tasted. Sure. Cold, golden Budweiser with that good taste for good times. So go ahead. Live life, every golden drop of it. Budweiser beer is for folks who know where there's life. Go ahead. Sure. Where there's life, there's